Yeah, surprise guys, I'm teaching today. Don't knock it No, I told you a lot. I told guys throughout the week and my friends and stuff that I was teaching and no one really believed me. But here I am. <laughs> I wasn't lying about it. You get to start with me. And so, um, so like Tim said, he's been praying for me a lot, obviously. And I've been praying for myself a lot, not in a selfish way. Just hear me out. Because I found out one thing, which is God wants to reveal truth and God wants to show you the truth in this world and show you the truth in the Bible. But last week he talked about, he talked about the sun in the morning. This week I'll be talking about Satan again, a lot about him and who he is. And he doesn't want to reveal truth. And so think about how hard it is to find the truth in the Bible and to find the truth in these verses and the truth in doctrine. Now multiply that by like 50 is what it's felt like because he does not want to be seen. He does not want to be heard. He wants to be hidden all throughout history because if you can prove that he is not real, there's an argument you can't, but you can prove that God's not real. There's no evil. There's no good. Okay? So he's really been hidden. So I've been praying for a clear mind a lot because obviously the flesh is of the world. I'm still in the flesh even though I'm a born again Christian. Um, I love God, but it still controls me a little bit, and the flesh still gets a hold on you sometimes, and Satan can control the world. So I've been praying for that a lot because what we're going to go through today, it's not an easy question. It's actually a really hard, stinking question. I was excited when Tim asked me to talk about it, but then like as they got closer, I was like, oh crap, Like this is really hard. <laughs> so anyway, without further, further ado, um, the question for tonight is who slash who is slash are the morning stars? Okay, um, They're referred to in here, and I'll read through them in a second, in Job 38.7. Revelation 2.28, uh, Revelation 2.16. The phrase slash name, morning star, is used three times. That's your first blank. Three times in, in the KJV Bible. I say that because if you don't have a King James Version Bible, you will notice it pop up five times, maybe more. It also replaces Lucifer and Son of the Morning in Isaiah 14, uh, verse 12, with morning star. And it also replaces 2 Peter 1.19, it says day star. The day star will arise in our hearts. Picture of Christ. It says that the morning star will arise in our hearts. Okay? I'll be talking about this next week and why those say that. Why some of these versions say that. Okay? So, like I said, three times the KJV Bible. If not, you're going to see it a little bit more. It's okay. So let's go ahead and read this first one. I have it typed out here so we can just read through them real quick. Job 38, 7. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy... Revelation 2.28, and I will give him the morning star. And then Revelation 22.16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So that's our context today. So let's go ahead and pray before we get started. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for this opportunity to get to teach. And like I said, it's, it's actually kind of terrifying because I know it's a hard question, God, and I know how Satan doesn't want to be revealed, and once again, I'll be revealing him. It's not really church history today. It's more like Satan's history throughout time. Trying to study those things out can be really hard. God, it's really been hard in my mind and my heart. So I just pray that you'd really just clear my head. Uh, just let the Holy Spirit work inside of me today, God, that I could just reiterate what, you, what you've been teaching me, to show everyone what you've been teaching me, so I can just show everyone else what these false doctrines are, where they're seen, how he's hiding, what it's setting up for in the coming years, God, just to be able to reveal all these things. We love you so much. And, Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So if you will, um, this is going to be the second point on your outline. First mention of morning stars in Job 38, verse 7. So go ahead and turn there for me. I'm already there. Job 38, verse 7. And then once you're there, will someone actually read the context? So will someone read verses 4 through 10 for me? Anyone read verses 4 through 10? Noah? Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut up the sea with doors, when it brake forth, as if it, had, if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness a uh, swaddling band for it? And break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors. Okay, so awesome. These verses, I love these verses. I was reading through this a while ago and I noticed these verses talk about creation, okay? But not the creation you're thinking of. Not the creation mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. Not the creation of our earth as we know it. Not the creation of animals. Not the creation of the fowl of the air. Not the atmosphere. No. This is the creation. And here it's, um, Actually, I don't think I've said it yet. Here, you'll see it in a second. It is, I pronounce it as the creation of the foundation of the universe. So before our earth was there, this is talking about back to verse 4. He's Job saying, basically, Job's starting to get on a high horse a little bit. God's saying, who are you, basically? Who do you think you are? 
Who do you, what do you think you know? Because you know nothing. Where were you when I made the foundation of the world? Okay, all the way back to verse four. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Okay, yeah, I know it says earth, but if you want to talk to me after, I'll explain to you what that means. Who had laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Who knows who the cornerstone is? Jesus Christ is called the cornerstone. That's an awesome uh, side story. I'm not going to get on that. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. This is where we want to camp out. Okay? Go ahead and look at your study sheet real quick. Um, the first mention of morning stars is plural. That's your first blank. Obviously, plural means more than one. Okay? For those of you that don't know English very well, plural is more than one. Um, the creation, the foundation of the universe. This is the very beginning. And here's where I'm going to hang, hang most of the study on. This is before the fall of Lucifer. Okay? Why do we know this? Well, when Lucifer fell, who fell with him? Third, third. third of the angels. Revelation chapter 12 talks about that. You'll see these are actually cross-references back in here. Revelation chapter 12 talks about a third of the angels fell with him. Some people don't believe that the sons of God mentioned here are the angels. Some people will say, well, it's actually the descendants of Seth that were actual human beings that then went and reproduced with people that were Gentiles and heathen, and that's what made these mighty men. That's what made these um, sons of God. But the reason it's not a real man, the reason I know it's not any human, is because this mention of morning stars and all the sons of God was before the creation of man. Because all the sons of God are present. If all the sons of God are present, if all the angels are present, that means who hasn't fallen yet? Lucifer. Lucifer and Satan hadn't fallen yet. So that's how I know this context is talking about before the earth was made, before people as we know it were made, Adam and Eve, that's what these verses are talking about. When everyone was, when everything was perfect when everything was beautiful, when Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covereth, when he was those things, okay? Back to when everything was good, when everyone sang together with joy, okay? And peace was going on. It was all good. There was no evil yet. That's the time this is referring to. And here we take a drastic drop, okay? Look at verses 7 to verse 8, okay? What you will notice is this is cross-references with Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Okay? Or who shut up the seas with doors when it break forth as it had issued out of the womb? Okay? What is a sea? If a sea were to break forth, that would bring forth water. Okay? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. waters. Same type of verse here. Everything's good. Everything's good in verse 1. God made everything. God made the heaven and the earth. It was still good. And all of a sudden you see water come, and same thing back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. All of a sudden this water thing shows up. Interesting how there could definitely be a gap here, okay? Not going to get into all that, I mean, but you have to kind of believe that to see where I'm going with this message. Um, but yeah, so there's a difference here. This lines up perfectly with Genesis chapter 1. So your next blank was with, when all the sons of God shouted for joy. So everyone's present here. Sons of God are angels I had talked about because... If they were men, men hadn't been created yet in this verse. That's just how it is. Um, Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2, as those references talk about, that's when the sons of God show up. Um, they're actually presenting themselves before God. God was basically keeping tabs on all of them. And they had to come. I, I don't know exactly all the details. No one does. But basically they had to come show themselves unto God, and God would basically keep tabs on them and see what was going on with who because they were free to roam the earth. And Satan was among with them as you'll find out, which is interesting because you find out, well, Satan's probably the same type of being as them because God just refers to him saying, oh yeah, and Satan was with them, by the way. He's just a lot higher than them. Okay, in the first mention, God reveals to us that there were multiple morning stars. Okay, so in the first mention, which is, is a, um, one of our how to study the Bible rules, first mention, if you want to look up something, a word, a phrase, go back to the first mention because the first mention a lot of times is going to tell you a lot about what you're studying. Find out morning stars, that there are multiple morning stars, more than one, okay? And just hang with me. We'll get to who they are, what they are, what they may be, who they may be here in a minute. Second mention. This is where we're going to hang most of the time, so you guys got to follow with me here. Revelation 2.28. Go ahead and turn there. So we've laid the context. We know there's multiple morning, star, morning stars. Uh, we know that that, was, that context in Job was before the fall of Lucifer because they all were together. So even when things were perfect, when things were perfect and pure, there were multiple morning stars. Mm -hmm. Revelation 2. 
And then I'm going to go ahead and read these. I'm actually going to read back to verse 18. But before, I'm going to talk about kind of the context again. This context is church history. Okay, there were seven letters written to seven churches at this point in Revelation chapters uh, through chapters one, uh, after actually all chapter two and then three. Church history, there's seven letters written, okay? Those letters were written to actual churches that existed at that period in time. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Philadelphia, Laodicea, I might probably miss one. Anyway, those were actual churches at zero to 90 AD that existed in that time frame, okay? Actual churches. But... These churches, these letters, also represent something doctrinally. Not only do they represent the church that actually existed, that Jesus is writing to literally saying, this is going on at your time, this is what you need to do. If you overcome these tribulations that happen to your church, this is what you will get. It also represents, specifically Thyatira, doctrinally, in a bigger picture, the years 500 to 1000. Yeah, AD. Let's put 100. <laughs> Is everyone following so far? We've kind of learned about this. If you're newer to the Bible, if you don't know, that's okay. What I'm basically saying is this letter to Thyatira specifically represents 0 to 90 AD, but in the bigger picture, when you start studying these things out, it correlates to the years 500 to 1000 AD, which were also known as the Dark Ages. Um, in the Middle Ages, that is the time frame it is referring to. That's key here in a minute. It's awesome. I can't wait to get to that point because I love that point. Okay? So I'm going to read. Verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works in charity, in service, in faith, in thy patience, in thy works, in the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest the woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Okay, so now we have this woman Jezebel that pops up. Let's fast forward a few verses. Verse 23, and I will kill her children with death. Okay, just to make the point of what I'm talking about here, who remembers the bubonic plague? I wasn't around for it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, bubonic plague? What else was it called? Who knows? Black death. Black death. Interesting. Black death occurred, boom, right in the middle of this 500 to 1000 AD. That just kind of, I'm trying to give you the feel of what we're talking about here into the future a little bit, okay? This letter is talking about a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture here. That's just one example. It's not even where I want to get into today. Okay, where was I? <laughs> and in all the churches, and I will kill John, and all the churches shall know that I am that he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, this is Jesus Christ speaking in first person. Let's make that clear. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, not the doctrine of Jezebel. Whoever doesn't have the doctrine of Jezebel, the evil, basically witch Jezebel, he was starting all this false doctrine, this prophetess Jezebel, as many has not this doctrine of Jezebel, where am I at? There we go. Um, losing my place here. Hold on one second, guys. There we go. In which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye already have, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. Another key verse here. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's go over back to your outline. Okay. So this context here, I really want to hang out in Revelation 2, 26, 28. Okay. So, after they make it through this church period, after they make it through these hard times, okay, these hard times that are going on, he says that, and to he that overcometh, in verse 26, and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Okay, historically, this is kind of bizarre, historically, there's not a lot of things like that with God giving power unto them and giving rule unto the saints that make it through this time. There's not a lot of historical evidence coming up in these years to say that all of a sudden a bunch of Christians had rule. Bible believers had this rule, okay? So it makes you wonder, okay, so what's he referring to? What is this rod of iron that we're given? What is this rule? What is this power that we're given? And immediately, because I had been studying through Revelation at the time, I thought of, um, and it's actually written down in your sheet, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter 20, okay? We'll be back. So yes, so this picture with the churches is, if you overcome this tribulation, 
you overcome these hard times, okay, well, there's also come a, what, a great tribulation, Jacob's trouble one day. They're kind of parallels. They're starting to line up here. So, yeah, they're through a tribulation in those times. They're in hard times at 500 to 1,000. But there's also a great tribulation coming. It's parallels, okay? That's the point he's trying to make. If you make it through that tribulation, he's talking about the great tribulation here. If you make it through those hard times, if you make it through that seven years, if you make it through those things, if you don't take the mark of the beast, if you don't have that, basically those numbers branded into your arm and into, the, in, into your hand, into your right eye or on your head, wherever it is, if you don't do those things, if you make it through, this is what I will give you, is what he was talking about in chapter 2 of Revelation. So let's see more about this rule that they're given. It's actually referring to the 1,000-year millennium, when we will rule and reign with Christ for 1,000 years while he is here on earth. Chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and cast him into, and, cast, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a season. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the heads of... I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark. Their foreheads are in their hands, upon their foreheads are in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay? So if you turn back, you don't have to. If you turn back to Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 to 28, these are the exact same type of rules that he's talking about. Okay? It's a picture. He's saying back there, if you make it through that tribulation, I will give you rule. If you make it through that tribulation, I will give you power. This is the time he is talking about in Revelation chapter 20. When Satan is bound for a thousand years, Christ is reigning along with the saints that make it through the tribulation. Okay? And underneath there, I believe, yeah, all those verses, Revelation 2, uh, 20, 1 through 6, um, 1 Corinthians 6, 2 to 3, and so on and so forth, they all talk about the judgment and the rule that saints are given during that time. You don't believe me? Look them up. That's fine. I read through all of those. They all talk about how we are given a specific rule, a specific judgment. Okay? This is the only time in Scripture it really lays it out in chapter 20. All right? So, Satan is bound for a thousand years. The saints that make it through the tribulation are ruling and reigning with Christ. Okay? Following on the context. At the end of this thousand years, at the end of this time of rule, let's see what happens. Verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired... Chapter 20, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of earth in Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that had deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So at that point in time, Satan is given unto people, given unto the saints, given unto everyone that was a believer at that point in time that had died, that made it through their whole life, following God, born-again believers, Old Testament saints, at that point in time. I love that verse. In verse 10, it is done. Satan is gone. The devil, that serpent... The dragon is gone. He's cast into the lake of fire forever. There is no more deceiving. There is no more him coming back. He is done, evaporated, as other places talk about in Scripture. How fire within him actually burns. There's so many different descriptions of it. How fire inside of him burns him and incinerates him. God sends fire from heaven. It's absolutely, I mean, it is amazing because that's the day. That's truly the day that Satan will be destroyed. And we will never have to worry about sin again in our entire lives for all eternity. That is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because that is the defeat that is Satan's sin being defeated, period, forever. I love that verse. So, Satan, the devil, is given unto the saints there. There is no reference after this rule, there is no reference after this reign of anyone being given unto us, of anything being given unto us. Yeah, Jesus Christ is, but is Jesus Christ ever been given to He's only been given to us one time. And when was that? Yeah, or when we got saved, and the other time is he gave himself for us on the cross. That's when he gave himself for us, okay? And the picture I'm trying to paint here is go ahead and turn back to Revelation chapter 2. I know you're jumping everywhere. That's just how it has to be. I'm sorry. At the end of this rule, chapter 2, verse 28, and he says, Jesus Christ, and I will give him the morning star. If Jesus Christ is speaking in first person, first of all, why would he give them the morning star? 
I don't know. He would just say, I give him myself. Okay, because what I'm saying is here is this Morning Star, a lot of people argue about, truthfully. A lot of people get upset about because no one really knows who it is. People, I'm not going to say names or anything, not, not Tim, okay, just to make that clear. People don't agree with me on who I think this Morning Star is. That's okay. I'm not saying I'm true. I'm not saying I'm 100% right. I'm sure there could possibly be some other way that I, something that I missed, okay? Everyone wants to say that this Morning Star is Jesus Christ, and I understand that. Because what does Jesus Christ call himself, literally? The bright and morning star in Revelation 22, verse 16. I understand that. They could just say, you could boom, see that, be like, okay, that's a cross-reference, Revelation 22, 16, that's Jesus Christ. And no doctrine, nothing would change. Nothing new doctrine will come up. Nothing would change about what, about what the Bible says. Because still you can think the picture, yeah, well, we are given the morning star in the form of Jesus Christ, who will rule and reign forever and ever, and who will be the light into the world. Yeah? I'm giving him one day. I can understand that argument. But my problem with it is, is Jesus Christ already gave himself for us. Okay, why would he say it again? He gave himself on the cross to die. He's not, he, he's not, a, he's not a servant anymore, as, Mark, as you see in Mark, his picture of his servant. He's not going to be killed anymore. He is a king. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Why would he give himself to us again? It makes no sense. We're, if anything, we're given to him. And so who is this morning star? Like I said, not everyone agrees with me. No secular writings out there, no one else, Bible believers, nothing. They will talk about this verse a lot because it is a very difficult verse to understand. Everyone wants to just say that it's Jesus Christ. But when I was reading through it, God really worked on me for some reason and made me look into it more. Okay, so what? If you want to believe that's Jesus, go ahead. If you want to just, just say it's him, okay. Nothing's going to change. No doctrinal differences are going to come about. But what if God has one of those nuggets in there? What if God's saying... Caleb, go look into this more. Or whoever it is, go look into this a little bit more. What if there's a bigger picture here? Okay, just give it the chance. What if? So that's the what if I came to, and I started looking into it, because I didn't see it. I didn't, I'm not going to lie. Not with the context, how right before it talks about the thousand-year millennium in verses 26 to 27, and then the thousand-year millennium in chapter 20, and following that, literally Satan is given unto us in the form of his final defeat and death in casting the lake of fire. I think that's the context here. I think that's the picture God's painting. So, who is this other morning star? Let's find out. Um, your other blank here is reward given to those that overcome the tribulation, like we had talked about. And then after rule is given in Revelation 22, uh, or 2, verse 26, 27, Jesus, who is speaking in the first person, by the way, which I think that's interesting, says he will give them the morning star. Who is the morning star historically? Okay. Who knows what a morning star is? I'm serious. If you know what it is, please raise your hand. Not, if you know, actually know what a morning star is, just raise your hand. It's super easy definition. It's the best thing in the world. Noah. Sun. Well, yeah, yes, but even, uh, like, this is, like, one of the smart-out answers I usually get to my teachers or something. It's and literally, a star you see in the morning. it's a star you can see in the morning. That's it. And I blew my mind when I looked that up, okay? <laughs> morning star is a star that you can see in the morning. When you type in morning star into the web, into Google, whatever you want to type it into, the definition will be Venus and Jesus Christ. There's two of them. It says it's Jesus Christ all over the place. When you look at the Wikipedia definition or the Webster's definition, everyone says Morning Star is all throughout time since the past, actually, really, uh, 2,000 years has been Venus. The Morning Star is Venus, which I think is cool. So that is what sparked this hunt to see what is going on here because I'm like, okay, everyone sees it as Venus. So here's how this works out. You have the sun, okay? Um, so Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Okay, they're obviously not that close together, but <laughs> for the point of my argument, here's the sun. As we'll find out later, Malachi chapter four, I believe it's verse 12 anyway, refers to Jesus Christ as the son of righteousness. But not just the regular S-O-N. He actually is called the S-U-N, Son of Righteousness. So Jesus Christ is a picture of the Son, period. There's no arguments about it. And that's all throughout Scripture. His countenance is called as the Son, okay? So he's the Son. This is Jesus Christ, the Son. I'm just going to put Son, here's Christ, okay? This is Mercury. This is Venus. So I'm going to fold this one in because this is the one we'll be talking about. Venus, all right? When the sun comes up in the morning, there's something that happens right before the sun comes up. You see a very bright star, an extremely bright star. It's the third brightest object in the sky, okay? That star is Venus. So you have the sun, that's the brightest object in the sky. 
to us, and then you have the moon, which reflects the sun and its brightness onto us, and then the next brightest object in the sky, even brighter than the North Star, is the planet Venus. That's not actually a star. It's the planet Venus. Okay? And that's how I'm connecting over here. So remember that. Remember that I said that. So, who is Venus throughout time? Okay? Venus has many different aliases all throughout time. It changes its name. If you if you were who you're going to find out later, if you were this person, you would want to change your name every few hundred years because you don't want to be found. Okay? So this is awesome. Back in Egypt's time, okay? back to the captivity of Egypt even, this Venus, same goddess that actually, this one's a little bit different because it's more so goddess of magic and stuff, but it was their famous goddess. It was called Isis. Interesting. Who's the crap that's going around today with Isis? Anyway, Egypt's goddess was named was Isis. This is just another name for today's Venus. Does that make sense to everyone? Another name. Um, Canaan, which we'll find out later, the land of Canaan had a major goddess named Asherah, or Asherah. Assyria and Babylon, their goddess was named Ishtar. Greece, famous goddess named Phosphorus. Rome, the famous goddess name was, like we were just said, Venus. And I'm not going to tell you this last one today, because this one, that's really cool. But anyway, so, <laughs> so all throughout time, I love this, this is the same person, this is the same goddess, just with different names. Every one of those goddesses are associated with these things. Beauty, sex, fertility, love, um, joy, happiness, um, brightness, all these, really these lovey, go-getty things, okay? It's, yeah, and so those are the things this goddess was associated with in every single one of these false religions. So go ahead into your study sheet, and I break it down. I actually wrote it on your study sheet. Who was the morning star historically? I'm not going to say them all again because I just did. Um, but specifically for Canaan, Asherah, or Asherai, had a cult widely known for practice of temple prostitution, adultery, fornication, and is oftentimes associated with, if anyone have ever heard of these, the false tree and or grove religion. Groves are mentioned multiple times in the Old Testament. It's really cool. Those verses are there. Look them up. Exodus 13, 13 to 14, Deuteronomy and Judges. And uh, I think it's two of those times. It's actually mentioned alongside Baal worship. Um, if anyone knows about Baal, our idols today stem all the way back to Baal. That's where those things started in the Tower of Babel. That's where all that stuff started in false idol worship. That's where everything started. And so Asherai is the common one. Like I said, it has to do with this grove religion. So these things aren't just me looking up on the internet random stuff. Some of it is. No. But this one specifically has multiple biblical ties, multiple biblical ties. This is the Grove religion. It's a false religion, and it's seen in other religions. Assyria and Babylon is Ishtar, the Ishtar Gate. Tim talked about the Ishtar Gate last week. I think it was last week, right, Tim? Yeah, last week, and how it had to do with, once again, prostitution and these other adultery and fornicating type um, circumstances going on. Ishtar is also the name on there for Easter. Today, when you say Easter, if you want to translate it back, it's going to be Ishtar. So really, when we celebrate Easter today, who is, what, Jesus Christ's resurrection, okay? To them, it was they were celebrating Ishtar. They were celebrating Ishtar, another interesting fact. This will all pull together. To the Greek, it was Phosphorus and Aphrodite. So this morning star, like we had talked about, this morning star in Revelation, if you just type in historically, who's the morning star? You find out it's Venus, okay? Venus has all these different names throughout time. That's the point I'm trying to make. If you type in phosphorus, phosphorus literally means, it breaks down to phos and phoros. Light bearer. Okay? Who was a light bearer? Lucifer was the light bearer. If you type that in online and say phosphorus online today, unless you really look into it, they don't say light bearer. They say something much different. They say light giver. Huh, that's amazing. Because who's the light giver? Jesus Christ is the light giver. He'll light the whole world one day. But who's the light bearer? Who bare Jesus' light? Who was that anointed cherub that covereth, that didn't have the light, but he bared it? He took it on and then showed it to everyone else. There's a big difference in definition there to me. That is absolutely huge. Okay? So who's phosphorus? You decide for yourself who phosphorus is. It gets better, though. Phosphorus has the chemical element of what? You know, who's, in, who's been taking chemistry in their life? Zach, what's chemical element of phosphorus? What's the letter? Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's okay. It's P. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay? So P. The chemical element phosphorus was 
not the first element, not the second element, not the third element to be discovered, but in fact the 13th element to be discovered, which is the number of rebellion, okay? So this letter, 13th element to be discovered, it is responsible today as we know it for nerve toxins, nerve gas, explosives, and poison. Oh, that's funny. It's oftentimes referred to as the devil's element. But that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, of course. And then the other thing is, I think this is awesome, Constantine, later on in human history, as you talk about in church history and whatnot, and even Corey Howell's class right now, Constantine was basically the beginning of the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, and he's the one that conquered a bunch of people. He's the one that conquered these lands. Okay, And he, it says that as he went into conquer, as he went in to conquer these things, he looked up to the sky and had a vision in the sky. And God, Jesus Christ said to him, or God said to him, by this, um, by this sign, you will conquer. By this sign, you will conquer. Or that might be paraphrasing a little bit, but it's very similar to that. By this sign, you will conquer. So the sign that, that's all throughout human history, guess what that sign was that he said he would conquer by? That's it. Just next. I, I mean, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, there's, there's some things you maybe dig a little too deep into, but I do think it's interesting because we just said phosphorus means light bearer, and as a picture of the devil's element, called the devil's element, has all these terrible, terrible characteristics with it. And this vision that he supposedly saw was telling him to conquer by this sign, who obviously he's saying, I'm conquering in Jesus Christ's name, because he thinks it's a vision from Christ. When in fact, who do you think he's actually conquering in the name of? Because this sign was whose? Satan's. So Constantine will say, and the Roman Catholic Church will say that they stem from Jesus Christ in this vision, but when he was conquering in the name of Christ who he thought was Christ, he was actually conquering in the person that disguises himself as an angel of light throughout scripture, and he's conquering in the name of Satan himself. Okay, that's just another small thing that we can get into. Um, Rome, your last one there, is equal to Venus. I've already said this. Planet widely known today as the morning star in the sky. Okay, so what point, Caleb, what point are you trying to make? You just keep blabbering, all right? What's the point? These are all goddesses worshipped throughout time, correct? And still, you may not think that that morning star, that's Venus, which is all these things. You may not think that's Satan. You may not think that's the devil. A lot of people don't. That's okay. So go ahead, and someone turn to me to Deuteronomy 32, verse 16. Trent, will you turn there? And someone else turn to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 6 and 7. Cameron? And last one, Matthew 4, 8 and 9. Tommy, thank you. Sorry, Katie, I didn't mean to pick all guys. You can so, change your mind right in the middle. I do all the time. Go ahead. No, you got it, Tommy. She said you got it. Uh, Matthew 4, 8, 9. So, Trent, when you're there, go ahead and start reading 32, 16 to 18. 16 to 18, yep. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed on the devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that beget thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten gods that formed thee. Okay, so we see there that they're sacrificing unto strange gods, and also who? Devils. Not just idols. As I'm not trying, if anyone else in here has different Bible version, that's okay. But other Bible versions change devils to demons and also change devils to idols. So you don't make the connection of idols are actually worshiping, you're actually worshiping devil, devils if you're worshiping those false things. Cameron. And the priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils after whom they have gone a-whoring. This shall be a statute for every, forever unto them throughout their generations. Once again, I love these pictures. You really, they might have been, but chances are they weren't actually... I think some people were. There's definitely demonic cults out there. But these people weren't just actually um, sacrificing straight to devils a lot of times. All the time, that verse is a little bit different, but other times, and there's other times that even Trent's verse... They're sacrificing to idols, and then later on in the verse mentioned is also, oh yeah, they're also sacrificing unto devils. So, idols and devils. You worship an idol, you're worshiping a devil. Because unless it's Jesus Christ, unless it's God the Father, and the biblical God, and the biblical Jesus, this Bible, anything that you're worshiping, doesn't matter if it's sports or money, it's a devil. It is not of God. It is not anything that he wants you to do. It is the devil. If you're putting it above God, period. There is no if, ands, or but about it. And we just saw that. An idol, that you make something an idol. If you want to make something an idol, put it before God. 
telling you right now, you're not worshiping that idol. You're worshiping the devil behind that idol. He was pulling you away from God every single time. Okay, and then Tommy, please read that last one. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So what do we find out there that Satan wants? He wants to be worshipped. And he is worshipped in the form of these false idols seen all throughout time. He mirrors God all throughout human history. Where God is, I'm telling you right now, Satan is doing the exact, as similar as he can, getting as close to the truth as he can, but changing things, okay? I love this part. Here we go. So, captivities. Israelites were in captivities. They went, cap they went in captivity multiple times. They started out, okay? Um, they started off in Genesis. You get up to Jacob. Jacob's son, um, Joseph, became the... Um, came high up, or I don't, did he be, I don't think he became the king of Egypt. Right, no. under Pharaoh. right under Pharaoh, anyway. So Jacob moves him and the Jews, the other Israelites at that time, into Egypt, and they start living in Egypt. There wasn't a lot of them when they started. They start multiplying like rabbits. That's just what happened. Start multiplying a lot. They start outnumbering the Egyptians. So what do you think Pharaoh does? He enslaves them all. That's the first captivity, okay? So you have Israel, or the, the Jews who go into captivity in Egypt. Pharaoh, after, um, after all the plagues and stuff that happened, Pharaoh lets Israel go, is, lets the Jews go. They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Where do they go after the 40 years? Where do they end up? In the promised land. Guess where the promised land was? The land of Canaan. Okay, after Canaan, after they were in the promised land. Here come the Assyrians, the Babylons, after um, Israel couldn't hold their stuff together, so they depart. Assyria decides to conquer and, and go over the promised land, so they go into that captivity of Assyria in Babylon. Next, their false god was Ishtar. Okay, after Assyria in Babylon becomes Persia. I don't have one that directly correlates. This is the one that kind of slipped through. I didn't look into it enough. Not a false goddess, but there was someone else that came up in Persia. His name was Zoran, Zoranas, Zoranister or something, some weird name. Zoranastrianism is the religion. Zoranastrianism, which I believe became the founding, um, basically fa father of um, Islam. Was it Islam? I, so, yeah. I think it was Islam. So in other words, so now you have him moving into Persia. At this point in time, that guy came along who founded Islam. Okay, that's just, enough, that's just a side one. It doesn't directly connect, but I'm telling you right now, Satan was right there. Um, in Daniel, Satan is called the Prince of Persia, by the way. So he was definitely in Persia, too. After Persia, Alexander the Great conquers, uh, conquers Persia. Babylon, by the way, was never destroyed. The city of Babylon still was never fully destroyed. It always had remnants. Alexander the Great in, in Greece conquered Persia. Okay? So now you have the Jews move from Assyria, Ishtar, to Persia, to Greece, who now, just, I mean, I don't know how to explain this other than Satan's just changing his names over the years. If you want to be hidden, what do you do? If you're a good spy, what are you going to do? In every country, you're going to have a different name. Every place you go, every time period, you're going to have a different name. That's what this dude's doing. That's what Satan's doing. He's changing his name. Same person, same goddess, not in the front lines, but he's just behind it. He's just behind it. Okay? Goes into Persia. Then they go into Greece, who they just worship the name Phosphorus. Phosphorus. Okay? After, um, this actually Phosphorus didn't... I think it's interesting. This means light bearer. This is the devil's element, all that stuff. This name quickly changed to Aphrodite. That was like, I mean, boom. They say they don't know how he got the name Aphrodite, but very soon after, the name Phosphorus changed to Aphrodite. I just think that's interesting because Satan finally, someone gave him a name that kind of described who he was, and he didn't like that very much, so he got rid of it as soon as he could. So that became Aphrodite. Who then, when Rome moved in, they, so, they, so now they're under Rome's rule, became Venus, okay? And this is one of the next point on your study sheet. Like I said, the church of Thyatira represents the years 500 to 1000 AD, right? For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, find me after. That's, this is important, and I want to explain that to you because you might not all understand. That's okay. Anyway, represents 500 to 1000 AD. This morning star takes place doctrine in those time periods. A temple of Venus was erected in the year 135 AD, okay? The temple of Venus. Love this one. The temple of Venus was made. They made a temple worshiping the goddess Venus, the goddess of the morning star. 
Okay? Made a temple to it even. You move through time, you start seeing what's going on. The Temple of Venus was actually destroyed later on. Okay? I was like, because um, actually one of our pastors was talking to me about this, and they said, you know what, if you want to really look into this, look at the actual historical evidence behind this. What happened historically? So I'm like, okay, I'm like, in what form for this, because this is like I said um, in Revelation 2.28, that, that Jesus Christ gives unto them the morning star. So how could the morning star of Venus been given unto us? How could historically that have been given unto us? I typed this in. I said, I knew they were worshiping the Temple of Venus. So I typed in, when was the Temple of Venus destroyed? Here enough, it was destroyed in the year 841 AD by an earthquake. Hmm. Right at the end of this doctrinal church period. So at the end of that context in Revelation 2, at the end, right after all that rule is given, at the very end, you have this Temple of Venus. Actually, I didn't mean to put that there. Anyway, it was destroyed in the year 841 AD. Okay, 841 AD. Right at the end of that church period. That's your blank on there, by the way. Guess what was built when that temple was destroyed within 50 years? Guess what was built on that exact same site? No, not the Vatican. Not, that wouldn't be that obvious. I wish it was. <laughs> I really do. No, but the Pope decided, oh, we're going to build a Catholic church on that site. So the Temple of Venus then became the, the church Santa Marie Nova. And it was dedicated to Peter and to Mary. How does... <laughs> Mary is now today's picture of all these. What is Mary a picture of? Fertility, love, beauty, all those things. It just keeps on changing. Never left. Satan's called, the king, Satan in Isaiah 14 is mentioned as the king of Babylon. Okay? Um, Ezekiel uh, 30, 31, I believe, no, 31 is Lebanon. Ezekiel 28 er, into in 32 somewhere talks about how he is a picture of, um, Satan's a picture of Pharaoh in Egypt. Satan is obviously a picture of um, Goliath and, and the Canaanites and the giants that were in Canaan. And now it's just changing. The name just keeps changing. Today it's Mary. What's it going to be next? Well, I'll tell you what it's going to be next. It's probably going to be Jesus Christ. He's trying to make himself look like Jesus Christ. And that's where, when I teach next week, because I will be teaching next week for sure now, um, that's when we're going to find out how is he setting up for that coming. He wants to make himself look so much like Jesus that no one can tell the difference. That if you saw Jesus and you saw Satan, you wouldn't know. If you saw a Bible, this Bible version, that Bible version, that you can't tell the difference, but there is little changes. That's what we were talking about. So like I had said, the morning star is Venus, okay? And if I wouldn't have looked that up, this would have never been put together. That picture of him changing his name throughout history and just changing a little bit at a time just so it doesn't associate as the same person would have never been found. <coughs> Leading up to today, Temple of Venus being destroyed, or a picture of that morning star being given unto those people officially at that point in time, because they would have Bible believers at that time, with how much Venus was being worshipping, was how much they were those people were worshiping Venus, would have hated it. I mean, think about if we were today in this church, if we drove down the road and saw a giant temple of Venus outside and people worshiping it, how much would you guys all discuss that? They all would have known, every one of them would have known about Venus and that they worship the morning star. Venus, because Satan is taking on the name Morning Star at that point in time, saying, no, I'm the Morning Star. That's why in Isaiah 14, that's why I changed Lucifer's son in the morning to Morning Star, because I'm the Morning Star. Look at me, I'm that Morning Star. I'm the man that's coming that day. When in fact, it's Jesus Christ, when in Revelation 22, verse 16, as we'll talk about, I'll finish up next week, why? 22, verse 16, says, you know what? I'm the bright and morning star. I'm the offspring and the root of David. I am those things. Not everyone that's been saying they are for the last 6,000, 7,000 years. I am the bright and morning star. I am the son of righteousness that will give light into the world forever and ever. I am that man that will light up your path. I am that man. Not Lucifer, not Satan, not the great counterfeiter, not the man that's called the angel of light, not the man that's called the prince of Persia when Jesus Christ is called the prince of peace, not a lion when Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. All throughout scripture, he's mimicking Christ. And one day, I'm telling you, the Bible even talks about, I don't know if I wrote it on here, how um, he will take, how people will come in, in declaring themselves as Jesus, and Jesus says, don't follow them. They'll have another doctrine. They'll have another way. They'll, have a, they'll preach another gospel. Okay? Notice it doesn't say they'll preach another religion. They'll preach another um, pagan ritual. It says they'll preach another gospel, and they'll preach another doctrine. We've got that today. 
We have the KJV Bible. That's, that's the audible word of God, okay? What you have is God speaking through a book. But I'm telling you what, difference in Bible versions, you better start watching being careful because, yeah, you can get saved and there's things you can pull out of it. But that is another gospel, another doctrine preached by someone else. And we will talk about that next week and how it is setting up to the coming of the Antichrist. Because he's going to look a heck of a lot like Jesus. We already have a Roman Catholic religion that worships his mom and above him. No one even knows. You talk to a Catholic out there right now. They worship anyone else except for Jesus Christ. Oh, how do you get to heaven? Oh, well, I have to go to uh, confirmation and I have to do these works and that. Oh, yeah, well, what did Jesus do for you then? What was the point? Because that's what we did in the Old Testament too, all these works. So what was the point of his death? So that's what's leading up into his coming. And so he can look as much like Jesus Christ as he can. So once again, Revelation 2, 28 and 29, just so I can clear this up. At the end of this, at the end of him saying, after all these hard works, after all these things that you're doing, after all the work that you're doing, because they said they did a lot of work, after the doctrine of Jezebel, which is, by the way, the doctrine of Babylon, which is also known as the great whore, which is the Roman Catholic Church, by the way, at the end of all that, he says, and you know what? And I will give you the morning star. I will give you the goddess Venus. But more so, he's trying to paint a picture of that morning star, which is, it is Satan all throughout history, just changing the names. I will give you him finally. And you can be at peace with me. There's no more sin, no more death. And I said, so just as the sun today shines in the light on our world, just as that sun shines in the light in our world, Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate sun, so will Jesus Christ, the Son of God, give light into the universe when all is said and done. Okay? Um, that's all I have for today because we're not going to get into letter D. Um, but if you, I don't even know if I'm teaching that because that one's obvious. Jesus says, I am the bright morning star. So if you want to look at those verses, how he's called the sun, his depiction all throughout scripture is as the countenance of the sun. His eyes are a flame of fire, it talks about in Revelation. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of the sun and giving life unto the world because without the sun, we'd have no life. So, does anybody have any questions? <laughs> that, was, that was deep. I know. I'm sorry if that's really confusing. I tried to, I, that's why your study sheets are so long, because I wanted to write everything on there, so when it was confusing, that you could kind of follow it through. But the basis of what I'm saying is, is that's okay, I'll answer it one second. Satan is mirroring God. He is getting as close as he can to the truth. And that picture plays a role today in differing Bible versions. That is the point. Claudia? Okay. Um, I just was thinking about something, and I don't know if you studied this out or not, but Diana is really big. Yes, in Ephesus. Scripture. Where does she fit into this? Is that just another... That's, my mom said the same thing, which is at that point in time in Ephesus, um, that was obviously the church in Ephesus, but that would have been worshipped alongside Venus and Phosphorus. Those two okay. people mainly were around during that time period. And Diana definitely much, very well could have been the same exact picture along this line. Okay. As much so. I picked Phosphorus because that's, I think, where I landed on. And that's where I studied it all out. But Diana is obviously a picture of all the Church of Ephesus, which is a picture of a false goddess who's trying to pull everyone toward her to get them away from the truth of the Bible. Well, even Diana, she goes back just as far as Nimrod. That was Nimrod's wife, Semiramis. Okay. That be, she becomes this too, mm. this same line. Yeah. Of because if you look at statues of Mary today, they trace way back. They're, all they are is all of these statues just called by a different name. Same girl statue, different name. Exact point. Um, you have one. Um, I was just noticing like how you're saying how Satan is a counterfeiter and he does everything opposite to what God does and says and everything and how he's portrayed as a woman throughout this whole thing, and God is man for male. Yeah, no, that I understand exactly, I think you're exactly right. I think if Satan portrayed himself as a male figure, as a dominant, don't, don't come talk to me after this about this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about this. As a dominant male figure, as all these other religions do, Egyptian, it was um, Ra, I think, was the sun god, the king sun god. Um, a lot of times, Zeus, okay? If you were Satan, would you want to be in the exact spotlight above all other people and to be an obvious picture of it, which he is, would you want to be that guy though? No. You want to be just like Jezebel was. Jezebel wasn't, Jezebel was queen, but I'll tell you what, she wasn't king. Ahab, right? Ahab was king. Right. But who was in the background doing it all? Jezebel. Jezebel. Zeus is king. Who's in the background doing it all? 
Venus or Aphrodite or all these other false goddesses. There's a king, don't get me wrong. They're usually a picture of Jesus Christ. Actually, it's pretty interesting when you figure it out. It's not Jesus, obviously. But in the background, Jezebel, just like that picture, in the background, she's doing all the work. The goddess is doing all the work. Because everyone overlooks the girl that seems to be, oh, love, beauty, yada, yada, yada. Oh, she's not, she's, she's, she's not a big deal overall. When in fact, that's the one that's going to hurt everyone. I'm telling you that right now. Especially with the goddess Mary. Because Mary, I love, obviously Mary was Jesus Christ's mother. But she is a goddess that is worshipped as an idol today, falsely. It is wrong. That is Satan. That is Lucifer, Lucifer himself portraying himself as Mary to get people to follow her instead of Jesus Christ. You hear the name Mary more than you do Jesus in the Catholic religion. That's terrible. Anyone else? Any other questions? Anything else? Feel free, if you don't have it, you can raise your hand, but feel free to talk to me about this anytime or ask me questions. I know it was, like Tim said, very deep. I tried to make it out as easy as I could. I know I probably talk fast on top of it. But like I said, this is not easy. It's not easy revealing. It's hard enough revealing truth. Now try revealing truth that doesn't want to be revealed. Try revealing the man that has been disguising himself all throughout centuries as Satan. Try revealing that a little bit. That's why it's, I think, so hard and so tolling on the body and the mind. So any other questions? Anything else you guys got? Anything at all? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then go ahead and close it out. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord, and I'm just actually so happy to get this off my mind and my chest. You're actually maybe asleep a little bit tonight. Um, I love you so much in the pictures that you paint throughout Scripture, in the small words that you put in that, yeah, God, maybe, maybe that's how it is. Maybe we can just trust it and take a really quick glance at it, but maybe there's more. Maybe there's more to your word, more to what it says, and more about, I mean, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Not just look at it sometimes, God. And I just pray that everyone in here would have open hearts and open minds to these things. And that I know even if I'm proven wrong in this, I'm totally fine with that. But God, just as long as your word is put through me, God, and that people can hear your word and your spirit and who you are and who the enemy is really throughout Scripture. And that those goddesses are devils that they're worshiping. And I'll tell you right now, the king of the devils is the devil. That's who it is, God. And so I pray that you protect us from him every day of our lives. And in this messed up world, God, that you would always have just a hedge of protection around us. Lord, that we would always love you and draw closer to you. And I pray that if we just wouldn't bottle this up inside, but God, that we would tell other people about these things. Because they're very important and they can change people's lives. We love you so much and we thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. That wasn't that over. You're good.